Hello and welcome to the Find Your Flow radio show podcast. I am your host, Winston Wittes, and I am here today, mobile once again. I'm doing this from my car while I'm sitting in traffic. So it's a very special day to be podcasting because this is day two or podcast number two where I am trying something new. It is in the essence, in the spirit of flow and being able to flow in my life while I'm creating the podcast as well as being able to speak of flowing things to enable you to experience more flow in your life. That is my ultimate goal is to experience flow and spread flow throughout the world. So today's topics include things that I have been witnessing online, particularly social media and some of the news outlets that do still creep their way into my experience because sometimes you just can't avoid certain headlines, right? Even though I, part, I for one, don't watch any of the mainstream media, I don't really try to uh, stay abreast of the information in that sense because a lot of it is things that when it's really important, I am generally informed through people in my in my everyday experiences. For example, Sunday, I was informed about the shooting in Orlando, Florida, not through news, but through, uh, we go to a center sometimes called the Unity Center. It's a non-denominational church of sorts, and uh, it's a pretty cool place. I'm not trying to promote it, but just kind of keep you informed, let you know what's up with that. Whether you go to church or not is not of my business or concern. But uh, along those lines, that is kind of one of the big topics I want to talk about today, church, religion, and what I'm seeing online as far as what people are talking about. And some of the things that I've been reading that have helped me to be able to express this to you in a way that hopefully is that that gets to the point of what I, for one, really want to make a stand for, in a sense. So the path I've been on for many years has been a path that, <laughs> in, the, in the path, involved a fair amount of friction and challenge and um, learning. Yes. So what I've aimed to do over the last many number of years is to be able to express and share certain experiences in a way that is non-confrontational and non-aggressive or and not as egoless as possible from my perspective to be able to share with you these ideas in a way that is not me and my ideas are better than you and your ideas, that kind of duality and that ego-centered way of presenting these things. I really work hard to not do that. And, in fact, I haven't even really talked about too much of that stuff in the past. Every once in a while, I'll, I'll you know, touch on that. But the, the big thing for me, and uh, if this is the first podcast of mine that you're tuning into, I'll give you just the background story, and maybe you've heard some of the others. But um, I'll just give you a quick quick overview of my, my experiences growing up and where and how I got to where I am today as far as my spiritual journey and experience as a human being on earth in this time and place. 
So when growing up, my mom became a Jehovah's Witness when I was really young. She was home alone. My dad used to work a lot. And Jehovah's Witnesses came to our door and converted her. She saw the light of what they were preaching. And uh, she was always very, very scared of death. Her father died when she was really young. And then her stepfather died really while she was really young. So uh, she had been around death a fair amount at a young age and was, was very afraid of it. So in Jehovah's Witness, in police system, there is life after death. You can be resurrected. And for someone that's terrified of death, that is a pretty cool opportunity because then you don't have to be as afraid of death. If you're good, then you can get resurrected and you can live life again. And whether that's going to heaven and, you know, being that way, that's not – they don't believe in heaven. They believe more specifically in a new heaven on earth. So uh, you be resurrected here on earth, but it would be a better earth. So that's kind of the that part of it. My dad, not Jehovah's Witness at all, Jewish in descent, but not practicing Judaism. And uh, no one else in my family very religious except for all my my aunt-in-laws, step-aunt, her side of the family, they were very Jewish. So that's, and we'd go over there for some of the Jewish holidays and whatnot. But my mom hated that because you, <laughs> you don't celebrate holidays when you're Joe's witness. So we had all these, these conflicts between the family, between my mom and my dad. And uh, my sister and I were both part of, that experience, that conflict of my mom trying to save us, trying to help us become good Jehovah's Witnesses so that we too could be resurrected, versus my dad who thought we were being brainwashed and wanted to save us but felt helpless because she would literally sneak us there. Sometimes she managed to put it, and I'm not dissing my mom. I love my mom. But she was great. And, um, you know, she, met, she had the best intentions, right? The intentions were there. It was all about trying to save us kids from never waking up. You know, when you die in Jehovah's Witness, at least you don't go to hell. It's just you kind of just blink out. You aren't just asleep forever. So she wanted to save us, so the attention's good. And, uh, yeah, she even put us in the Jehovah's Witness school, which <laughs> my dad didn't realize was Jehovah's Witness school. We didn't either. And so things were just, you know, you're reading these Bible stories, and it's like, I don't remember doing this at any other school. Like, is this, this is not, something's not quite right here. So we got pulled out of that school, went to a different school. Moral of the story is that uh, I came up in a very religiously split household, as did my sister, who is gay, and, or, well, not, we'll get to that. So my sister had, when, here's the thing, most, I'm assuming or I'm presuming that if you're listening to the show, you already have some kind of understanding of these kind of things or some openness or awareness around this, because I would guess if you didn't, if you were closed off or ignorant, you probably would not be listening to the show. So uh, so just so that you're aware, I'm kind of operating on these kind of assumptions, okay? I may be way off, but but probably not. So anyway, my sister, born gay, believe it or not, yep, she always wants to be a boy, and she 
and my mom used to have the most horrendous fights because my mom had a little girl, and this little girl refused to wear a dress and refused to do girl things, always was trying to be a boy, always dressing in boy clothes, always, I mean, that's it. Yeah, so it was very frustrating for my mom. So there'd always be these fights because, you know, you go to church and you're supposed to wear these nice clothes, you're supposed to wear a dress, and she'd always have to bribe my sister, and it was just always a total nightmare. So anyway, um, and then as my sister got older and actually, you know, came out of the closet, I guess, um, that was really hard for my mom because, you know, Jehovah's Witnesses beliefs, you're, if you're gay, you just be straight anyway. You're just, you're not supposed to act on those kind of impulses. And so it was very hard for her to see my sister going out with chicks <laughs> or liking girls, you know. And, it caught, and of course, it wasn't easy for my sister because that's who she is. She's not faking it. She's not trying to be something she's not. She's not trying to... You know, she's just trying to be be herself, and in a world where that was fun, and it still is to a large degree, it that can't be easy, right? So uh, she had a lot of guilt, I'm sure, a lot of challenges around that. My mom had a lot of guilt around that because she couldn't fix my broken gay sister, and you know, and so Jehovah, of course, hating her for that, I'm sure, and uh, or at least she felt that way, right? And so it was a that was kind of like the atmosphere, uh, a lot of fighting between my parents, right, because because they both felt that they were fighting for our afterlife, or lack thereof, right, my dad feeling like, oh my god, my kids are being brainwashed by this cult, and, you know, we can't do any kind of birthday celebrations, we can't do any kind of Christmas or this, or, you know, the Jewish holidays, or the Christian holidays, although my family, my dad, my grandparents, my other aunts and uncles, we kind of celebrated everything, but we also kind of did it because for my mom, my mom would not go to a lot of these events, or she would try to keep us from them, or um, there was always conflict, right? So it was always like this, oh, we're doing these events, but we're not really enjoying them because we know we're not supposed to. <laughs> and then there was always like, well, you know, my mom wasn't there like with the whole family but my mom. So on the one hand, it was really her sticking to her gun and being even in the face of all this pressure and all this conflict, she stuck to her beliefs, which shows a lot of character. And for myself, as I got to be a teenager and questioning, I had been questioning a lot of her beliefs and a lot of the Jehovah's Witness practices in this map for many years already, and it, it was never, like, getting very good answers from anybody. It was always these kind of walk around, well, the Bible says, yeah, I don't know if you just heard that beep. Unfortunately, my car likes to do that, so if you hear that, that is my car. i got to take it in. I know. It's really annoying. I tried to block it up, but just so you know. Uh, yeah, so... I, when I would ask questions about certain things in the Bible and these things that we were studying, I never could get a straight answer. So I was like, well, the Bible doesn't say exactly this or that, or the Bible says this, and then it would be, like, totally contradicted in the next sentence as far as I was concerned. So for me, as a young person trying to get a grasp of what 
was the Bible really saying? What was the point of all of it? Why does it have so many contradictions and so many things that, oh, well, this is literal. Oh, well, that's not exactly literal. And all these inconsistencies from my perspective, it was really frustrating and really annoying. And I couldn't see a whole lot of value in it because all I could see from it was a lot of arguing and a lot of, <laughs> a lot of anger and a lot of judgment and a lot of stuff that didn't make a whole lot of sense. Like, oh, here's this loving God, but oh, God's telling this tribe of people, hey, go kill that tribe of people and smash your babies off rock. And oh, but, you know, you know, God will hate you if you do this and this and this. But if you go and sacrifice animals to him, then you'll be okay. Okay, so God wants blood sacrifice to appease for your sins of being human and the whole point is you're a human and so you're a sinner and you're going to make mistakes. So it's just like so many things, so many things don't just weren't adding up. And my friends and I would talk about these kind of things because I had one friend who was raised in a Catholic household, one who's raised in a Christian household and uh, other miscellaneous friends. <laughs> one friend who is the son of a preacher and whenever we would have conversation well before the the preacher friends um we had really good conversations (laughs) about about things religion and life and whatnot very philosophical and it was it was really fun i i for one really enjoyed those kind of conversations because i felt like i could like they were my friends it was safe to talk about those kind of things and get other people's perspectives without offending anybody and without taking it too seriously or I wasn't going to be offended and they weren't going to be offended. And, and then, you know, getting older and then with friends like the preacher, preacher's son, you know, really good guy is awesome. He's one of our, our good friends, but it was, you know, it's it was a little different with him because he bought into it full, full on, you know, and that's, that's a different perspective than someone who's, who's open and asking questions about things and, and looking for answers that maybe haven't been shoved down their throat, whereas somebody who's already bought in, hook, line, and sinker is not really searching. They're not looking for answers. They're just having faith, maybe. And faith is – and this is – and so the point being, I would try not to – I guess in, that, in those instances, it was a lot – there was a lot more um, – I may have had more antagonism with the way I approached things at that time in life. And it was because of the oppression that I personally felt with some of these belief systems. And and I'll give you – and so that's kind of that part of the story, right? Um, just recently – I was in a situation where I was talking with a lady really nice, and uh, she happened to just say, hey, so what church do you go to? And the way she said it was very like, well, obviously, you know, you go to a church, you should, or you should go to a church, or like, you know, we all go to church, everyone goes to church, which church do you go to? And it just kind of caught me off guard because that wasn't, at least I don't think it was. I didn't remember or realize that we were having that kind of conversation. So it's kind of like, whoa, uh, well, we go to the Unity Center. And it's not like we go that 
we do go regularly, but not like every weekend. Not, and we actually haven't gone for a month. Um, and it's not like I identify and want to wear a badge that says that for myself. You know, if somebody does, that's cool. That's their thing. For me personally, that's not exactly what I'm trying to do. And, but the way she said it, and again, she wasn't trying to mean anything by it, I don't think, but it was just, I felt that tinge of like, oh shoot, I'm going to be judged or, oh, I better have a good answer because otherwise, you know, we're going to have this conversation. And I know for myself, I avoid that conversation as well as I can because I'm scared that there's still that part of me inside there that's just going to freaking jump out and just rip somebody a new one. And I don't want to do that. I really don't. That's not what my goal is. But if my ego gets caught up in that, I can't. I can't be sure that I that it won't. You know, who's to say at that point that I don't become that guy that's just gonna like just bash somebody's beliefs? And that's not what I'm trying to do. So I saw online recently um, somebody that I. I, I don't know him well at all, actually. I just uh, met him briefly at a, at an event some time ago. But I've been kind of watching what he's been putting out because he's an artist and saying things that are important, starting important conversations online. And I respect that because I'm not trying to do that so much. I try to avoid that because, for one, it's hard for me personally to say something that's going to be online that's visible that then could be misinterpreted or misconstrued or even just as the times change, it might take on a different light and somebody might find that years later and be like, oh, he said this. It's just kind of, I don't know, I don't feel comfortable doing it or staying online. Plus, I don't know who's seeing it, right? I know people that listen to their show, for example, have there's a lot better chance that you already know or have already had your own experiences that you can relate to the stuff I'm saying at some level. And so it's probably not too shocking or too out there or too uh, judgmental. You know, you wouldn't interpret it as me standing on my high horse preaching at you because that's, that is not at all what I'm trying to do. It is, I feel that if you're listening, you probably already recognize that the place I'm trying to come from is one of exploration and questioning and sharing and giving you hopefully the opportunity to reflect upon your own thoughts and beliefs and experiences in a way that allows you to take that next step for your own journey. And that's, that's my personal intention. So when I saw this person's post, about religion and the recent shooting in Orlando at the at a gay club. And he was kind of going into details about religion and how people can some people might use religion to to justify the actions that were taken that somebody went in and shot up a nightclub. And then there was people posting on there, you know, scriptures from the Bible saying like, oh, well, it's evil to be gay and it's evil to do that. So they had it coming. And this is one of the guys was a preacher. And it's like, yeah, well, I think that pretty much sums up the whole point of what that guy was saying. It's like, if you, it was just, it's insane to me. It's freaking insane to me. And I don't, there's a part of me that, 
what the ego part of me wants to jump in and just rip that guy because there's so many scriptures that I could pull out that would completely contradict what that guy's saying and and there's a part of me that really wants to do that because he could really use that lesson but then there's the bigger part of me that realizes you know that's not my fight and if you have somebody that has that kind of anger and hate in their heart and they're going to use their bible or their religion to justify it that's a battle that can't be won it really isn't not in that not at that level because they they're not searching for answers they're not open to new or better answers they're going to just hang on to their belief system because they identify with it that is who they are and they that's who they believe they are that's who what they identify with so you have this ego that's fully entrenched in this belief system and this ideology that's got these things that it believes to be fact, and it is using those to fight and to hang on and to cling and to justify its own belief system. So trying to have any kind of logical argument or debate or exchange of information is, is totally pointless as far as I'm concerned. I, I don't see any valid reason because, and then, so then there was somebody else posting things on there, and it was basically saying, <laughs> thank you, Clark, it was basically saying, you know, hey, show me where this, ha-. it was it was calling the guy out, you know, it's kind of having one of those little funny online battles, but obviously both sides were pretty passionate and heated. And the other guy was posting stuff that I personally thought was freaking hilarious. <laughs> like, you know, memes and, and comments that to somebody who's more logic-oriented would probably see that the guy had valid points. They both did. If you're going from the, the Bible-thumping side and you're pulling up these things, then you could be seeing right there. It points to exactly what I'm saying, and they all deserve it. And then... <laughs> But that's if you don't think too hard about it, and that's if you don't read the rest of the Bible, and that's if you don't acknowledge that there was more Bible than that's even been published, and that you have to wonder why certain parts were removed, and who did that, and why they might have done that, before you can even start to comprehend why you would use a piece of a thing that's not that's incomplete already, and already slanted, and already... Uh, don't get me started. So anyway... So the guy who was pointing these, uh, posting these memes, again, I thought they were pretty hilarious. Like, they were well played. <laughs> and there's a part of me that really delighted in seeing that there are other people out there who have come to similar conclusions as myself. And, of course, I'm sitting there realizing, like, the hilarity of of the part of me that likes seeing that. <laughs> part of me that says thankfully somebody else is out there doing that fight because there's a part of me that would really love to do it but that is my ego self that has you know (laughs) still carries the the pain of all those instances of battling bible thumpers in a sense and people who have these beliefs that are half baked see i can't i can't even like talk about the situation without, I mean, I can't. That's the point of this podcast, and I'm running out of time. Uh, so I'm going to get to the point. So if I <laughs> want to share these thoughts and do it in a way where I'm not being offensive, first of all, that's, that's totally impossible, right? Somebody could always be offended by anything, and that's, that's for sure. 
but if but there's a fine line between intentionally going out and trying to be offensive and hurtful to people and their beliefs and then like doing it inadvertently or just trying to be if I can keep my ego out of it as much as possible, there's a less likelihood that somebody else's ego is gonna be triggered and pushed back, right? And that's the balance, that's the zero point that I try to walk. And when I see myself being amused or entertained by things and I recognize, yes, this is a part of me, that ego part of myself that that likes that in a sense or wants to see that kind of conversation play it out. I'm not going to participate in it myself. And so actually I posted something on that guy's thing that said, hey, thanks for sharing your thoughts and keep up the good work. I didn't say whether I agreed with his thoughts or not, but uh, the guy who posted the video. And and I felt good about that afterward. I didn't stop and think like, oh, why did I post that? Oh, I got to go delete that. Oh, this. And like I went back and, you know, I, I got a fair amount of likes on that comment that was kind of just middle of the road. And the point being, I, that was the, the comment that I came up with from a place of balance and not ego and not me wanting to see somebody's ideas get get torn apart because they, in my opinion, are poorly constructed ideas or half not fully not fully figured out. They, although they think they are, although and that's their thing. Um, yeah, so I'm not going to get too too much more, just kind of digging a hole at this point for what I'm really trying to say. What I'm really trying to say is we're getting, getting winding this, this exciting episode down as my car beeps at me and as I'm remaining calm through this process of beeping car insanity, which, which uh, I'm keeping calm about. Point being, to the extent that I'm able to keep my ego out of it and present thoughts and experiences that are balanced from either stream and share that with you, that is my my objective. That is my goal with this whole thing is to bring about moments of deep connection to source, whatever, however you see that for yourself. And the final thought is I was reading a book called Power of Now, rereading a book for, I don't know how many times I've read it now, probably a few, and it's by Eckhart Tolle. And I stumbled upon one phrase that just nailed it for me. And it is, because sometimes people talk about God, you know, they say this, and I'll be honest, when people say the word God, I cringe. Like, there's a part of me that's just, like, gets freaking tight and, like, I want to choke somebody. And that's why I do jujitsu, you know, for those of you who know, because it's okay to choke your friends there. It's okay. And it's good to get that, that anger out. And I would never do that in real life to somebody, but that's why we have sports, you know, to exercise those demons, those inner anxieties, right? And, um, but anyway, so the word God for me has a lot of baggage and a lot of confusion. Not, I'm not personally confused. Like I know exactly for my own self what it is, how it is, how it works, what it, not exactly like I've got it all figured out, but 
I feel I've got a pretty good uh, connection and able to tune into that frequency and do a lot of cool things as a result, have a lot of good understanding and balance. And so the quote that I wanted to share with you, because when I saw it, it, and I was always kind of wondering, like, why do I let, why does it get to me? How does it get to me, that word, when certain people use it? Because I know the way that they interpret that that word, God, and I know the way that I experience it, and I know that one way can be used from a person's ego to to have the, an, an egotistical superiority. Right? Oh, well, do you go to church? Oh, you don't? Oh, well, God freaking hates you. Or, you know, like, oh, you are gay? Oh, well, God hates you, and you're evil, and you deserve to die. And, oh, really? Well, that's funny, because you're God. Uh, okay. So, but I almost digress, right? Um, because it's that passionate and that, that ego-driven, in a sense, to know God better than you, or to be more conscious than you. Oh. I am very conscious, and you are not, obviously, so I am more conscious than you. Okay, well, that is straight ego, friends, because anytime you're comparing anything, that is the ego at work. The ego compares things. The ego departmentalizes things, compartmentalizes things. The ego dissects things and compares and contrasts, and it's not all bad. It can be very useful. It can help us make all sorts of judgment calls and navigate through the physical reality and through relationships and all sorts of things. It has its place. But it also, in order to get to the next level or to get to true communion with God, then the ego is not there. That's the point where the ego gets left behind. And if you're identified with ego, then you can't make that jump. To the extent that you're able to let go of ego and shut it up and push it out, even temporarily, and be in the silence, that is where God, in the way I it into everything, everywhere, all at once, that is the true God experience. And you can experience it. You do not need anybody's permission. You do not need anybody's help. You do not need anything outside of yourself. It is you. It is everything. And you can go there anytime. And it is a practice. You can practice at it and get better at it to be able to shut the mind off like a light switch and to go into God's space and go to God consciousness. But you as yourself, as, you know, whatever your name is, me, Winston, Winston cannot go there and be, Winston is a part of God in the way I see it, but he cannot be in God awareness because Winston is a small, ego-constructed self that is other than outside of, that is an individual, but, you know, operating in the space and a reflection of God in many ways. And, is, and when in totally in tune and open, then a clear channel for God to work through and to create and to experience life through. If God is his being over there up in the clouds, judging, hating on people, basically, if you read the Bible, that's what it sure sounds like, right? Oh, God hates you because you're this. Oh, you're a sinner. Oh, well, you know, go do these, go kill those people because they're, even though we're all God's people, you know, those people aren't. They got their God over there who hates us, and we got our God over here who hates them. So it's kind of a weird situation if you think about it. But don't think about it. Just have faith that you're right and everybody else is wrong. That's that's what that's about, right? So anyway, back to the, the end big wrap-up here, the phrase, 
that really helped me feel like this is what it boils down to in the large part for me is God is not a being. God is being. Say it again. God is not a being, not a being up in the clouds or up over there or that statue over there that we should worship or that thing hanging on the wall. That is not, God is not a being. God is being. That is the, that is the moral, that is the lesson for today, friends. I hope that, that that can shed some some light into your experience today. I hope that helps you in some way. I know for me that that reminds me of the way that I experience it. And for me, it cleared up a lot of the word, of the baggage around the word God because, I mean, when people use it, everybody's got their own experience and understanding around it. You know, um, that's, that's what makes it God such a personal thing. <laughs> that God is created by humans, right? If God is just God being everywhere all the time, being up in the clouds, you know, making things, but then there's no person or no consciousness to be a mirror to reflect and look and worship that God, then God just is, right? Then there's no, then what is there? I mean, it's everything and nothing. And, Finite time is experienced by us. We experience finite time, clock time. We live, we die, we live again. We have these experiences of seeming to age through time. And yet God is outside of time, into everything, everywhere, all the time. Never had a beginning, never had an end. So you have that contradiction, but it's also just the duality that gives it both sides, that gives you balance. And at the zero point, there is everything and no thing. So God is not a being. God is being. So until next time, my friends, be flowing. <laughs>